Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bloom Pod. I'm your host, Lauren Taylor, and I'm so excited to encourage the heck out of you over the next 60-ish minutes. We're having conversations that will ignite your spark and challenge you to embrace your real. We're breaking down barriers and encouraging you to embrace the incredible queen you are. Basically, we're having a giant slumber party and you're going to leave feeling inspired, encouraged to step into your power. So turn up the volume and get ready to bloom with us. We have the amazing, the magical Kayla Nelson, self-love advocate and girl on the internet podcast host, inspires us to embrace our main character energy, encouraging our confidence and mental health journey, my airy sister and the big sister that we all need. Hi, Kayla. How are you? Hi, I'm doing so great. How are you? I'm doing amazing. I'm so excited. Airy sisters unite. This is so fun. Oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I am beyond excited for this. Oh, good. Okay. So before we dive into all your magic, we are going to play a really fun game of our own spin on hot take. We're going to call it bloom take. I've pulled some fun things from the internet and we are going to share our opinions on it. You ready? Perfect. Let's go. (laughs) Perfect. So the first thing is pizza is overrated. What do you think? Absolutely not. <laughs> not overrated. Oh I was like, am I going to have to kick you off this podcast? Because <laughs> No, absolutely not. Pizza anytime, all the time. Wonderful. Same. Chocolate is a disgusting flavor. No, absolutely. No, <laughs> it's not the best flavor in the world, but it's definitely not disgusting. I totally agree with that. I actually do not like chocolate. I wouldn't call it disgusting, but I'm not a chocolate fan, so... Emo pop punk was never good. You were all just angst, and now you're nostalgic. That hurts a little bit. <laughs> I know. No, I think it has a time and a place, so I wouldn't say it's it was ever bad. Yes, exactly. Like, do not come from my Green Day, Paramore, like all all the bands. And right. I'm yeah, I'm totally happy with being nostalgic. The Percy Jackson series was far superior to Harry Potter. Can I say that I've never seen either? Kayla Nelson. <laughs> oh, no. Don't kick me off the pot. <laughs> okay, okay. Tell us why. It just You just haven't or... So like some of these longer movie series and TV shows, like I just don't think I have the attention span for. That's basically it. Like I just have never been able to sit down and because and, I know I have friends that are like, let's watch like the full Harry Potter series. And I'm like, isn't that like seven movies or something like I can barely go to the movie theater and sit through one movie so I think that's just it's a me thing (laughs) no hate it's just the attention span I don't think can make it totally fair I love Percy Jackson they should have made more movies however nothing nothing comes close to Harry Potter like Harry Potter is just immaculate and so we're just gonna have you watch it I guess guess. (laughs) something like that Double texting is not as bad as it seems. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I and know. sometimes my thoughts have to come in single form. Cause I'm like, if I send it in one big paragraph, you're just not gonna read every detail. Exactly. And see, sometimes I mentally reply. I will open up a text message, I will mentally reply in my head, then I will forget to actually reply. So double text me, because sometimes I just my mind is elsewhere. Yes, I would agree with that. Friends was not a good show. <gasps> Friends is my favorite. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, again, 
again, like it's, is it like revolutionary with like comedy and, and plot? No, but it is it that comfort TV show in the background with like the nineties film aesthetic, not being like perfect 4k HD and it's cheesy humor. Yes. Like friends is like my comfort background show. So I have a confession. So my parents, they actually never let me watch friends because it wasn't like diverse enough. So I've never seen it ever, but I mean, I've heard good things, so I'm not I'm not opposed to like watching it. You watch Harry Potter, and I'll watch Friends, even though Harry Potter Sounds is good. like yeah. seven movies, but still. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie, Friends is not very diverse, but it is like just that cheesy like '90s feel like, good in the background. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't care which way the toilet paper goes on the roll. Uh, no, it has to go over. It has to. <laughs> it's easier to grab. It's makes more sense. I can see it better. If I'm at your house and it's under, I will take it off and I will flip it around and I will make make it known. Why is this me as well too? <laughs> I was like, what is wrong? It just doesn't make sense. Like the bulk of the toilet paper, it should be on top of the bulk, not underneath. Why am exactly. I like fetching for it? It needs to be... No, I will absolutely sit on someone's toilet at their house and I'll be like, well, no mind if I do. I'm just like flip it around and put it back. And then I will I'll be like, you're welcome. <laughs> That was good. I literally just pulled these so randomly, but those were great. That's those you gotta be careful, Lauren. Those can start a heated debate like out of nowhere. I know. And actually, yes, for those listening, please share your opinions. What do you all think of everything? If you haven't clicked off because I said I didn't listen to didn't watch Harry Potter. So please don't don't click off for that reason. Yeah, no, give her a chance. We'll we'll make it happen. Slumber party vibes and Harry Potter, and it's just it's a, it's going to be a thing for sure. Kayla, you're doing incredible things both on the podcast side and just with sharing your journey and really embracing truly the main character energy. And I, I, I love that. I was recently watching one of your YouTube videos. You were in the car and (laughs) the way that you started out, you were like, okay, so this is what content creators don't want you to see. And you like, just opened up your car door, come back in. It was like, hello, like, (laughs) which I loved. I loved the realness. And so I would love to ask you, where do you find your comfort in the uncomfortable? People might feel uncomfortable in being real, transparent, kind of showing it all. So where do you find your comfort in that? Yeah, so I think just knowing that it's at most it's relatable. I think because when we are scrolling on social media, especially now with where social media has gone since, you know, Instagram first came out and it's just we see so much unreal stuff and people posting the best moments, the most perfect angles of everything. We know so many people are guilty of photoshopping themselves and I think I find comfort in just knowing that like this is what's like actually real for so many people, even the ones that have these unobtainable lives. It's like they still wake up in the morning with messy hair and smelly breath. And like, if they're filming their own stuff, they have to set the tripod up and like crawl back into bed. Like this is what's actually happening. And I think that just makes people see the reality of it instead of just this like perfect aesthetic situation all the time. It's like, well, there's realness behind it. And then I think that just gives people it makes them feel more comfortable and less intimidated to watch your content because they don't feel the need to be perfect or aesthetic all the time. I think it was back in maybe just a little bit ago, but I remember we were messaging each other and you said that you were manifesting really hard to become an area ambassador and which now you are an area ambassador, which is so exciting. So in being an area ambassador, 
I would just love to hear how has that either changed your life or helped you on your own mental health journey? What has that looked like for you and being an area ambassador? Yeah, well, first of all, manifesting it was crazy because it just was definitely a dream of mine for so long. Having done, I shared a little bit about how back in high school, I had to make a senior project and I included Ari in that project as being one of the first brands to introduce you know, Photoshop and like real people. And that was amazing. So I think just being able to live out that dream that I had back when I was 17, 18 years old to now stand with a brand that represents so many incredible things and they're inclusive and diverse and they you know, take care of the community and they do so much for the community to just be a part of that is is just the best bragging rights possible to share with people and be like, this is the brand I work with, how cool, instead of it being more of like, I don't know, like a shady brand or a brand that, I don't know, that doesn't stand for much, I guess. And I know like Aerie is doing so much goodness for the world and just to be a part of that is, it makes me feel like a better person for that reason. Yes. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I think that that part right there where Aerie is creating so much goodness in the world, we're able to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. It makes us feel a part of that impact. And then that impact being reflected in our own lives is really a phenomenal thing. And I wish that more brands were like that because I, I do think that Aerie has opened up so many opportunities, so many doors. So if more brands were like that, then man, the world that we could live in. <laughs> yeah. And I think that goes back to your comfort question. It's like the reason I fell in love with areas. I was like, wow, they're just putting up these large posters in their stores of girls that look like me, of girls that have stretch marks, of girls that are missing their limbs because they're just normal people. And it's like, that's what people want. Like, that's what's relatable. That's what makes you feel like the world isn't against you in that way. And I feel like you are implementing these themes as well too into your podcast, uh, which is Girl on the Internet, genius title, by, by the way. It was so good. Thank you. <laughs> and a few episodes that stood out to me that I'd love to dig into. One of the first ones is feeling lost in your 20s. And I will say from my own experience, so now I'm 30, I turned 30 on 2 2022. And oh, that's iconic. <laughs> yes, it really That was. is quite an amazing 30th birthday. I was so excited to turn 30. I think that my 20s, my early 20s, I don't remember it, partied really hard. It was the best time. It was a very iconic era for me. My mid 20s got a little bit more real. And then my late 20s, I would give that back at a heartbeat because it was nothing but like, I mean, I think it was needed, but it was nothing but me crying almost every single mm -hmm. day. It was so tough and so hard. And so I would love for you just to share, you know, what has been your experience in, in being in your twenties and what is a life lesson that has stood out to you while being in your twenties? Oh gosh. I think knowing that your life is not worth comparing to somebody else's, no matter how hard and tempting it is. I always relate a lot of my stories to social media because I am chronically on the internet, but I think it's just in general, like even when you're hanging out with your friends and, you know, they went to a different college or had a different career path and now they're married. And it's like, I haven't been on a date in so long. And yet I just went to my friend's wedding, like, oh, what is happening? And I think that's a really easy way to want to spiral and to compare and to ask yourself, where did I go wrong? Why didn't I have this opportunity? Why didn't I fill in the blank? And I think that's when it's important to kind of reel yourself back in and think everyone is a completely different life trajectory. And like, 
we have no idea what each day has in store for us. And realizing, I think the biggest life lesson I've learned or really realized, I think is that life timelines like really don't exist. No one really knows when their last day on earth will be like, we don't have to think about that. But I think the idea of like, you have to go to school for this long, then immediately after that, you have to get a career that you're going to love and stay with that career forever. And then you should find love and then consider settling down. Like theory can do whatever you want, whenever you want. Like I have worked with so many people. I have talked to people who sometimes don't get married until they're 50. Like you can live in an apartment your whole life if you want. Like it's, it's really about going against the grain with the idea that there is a set timeline and you have to follow it because that's just not real. And I think breaking the stigma of that, you know, the amount of times I just turned 27 the other day, like the amount of people that are like, so when are you like going to settle down? Like, are you dating? Are you then like, I don't have to be like, if that's what everyone feels is like the quote unquote norm, like that's great. And if you're married, that's obviously totally fine, but it doesn't mean that that has to be the exact same for me or anybody else. I definitely felt in my 20s, oh my gosh, I had to do everything by the book. My heart, my soul, my my personality was not like that. So really, I was just really going against the grain of who I was. You know, I thought that after high school, I, I had to go to college. And then after college, land the internship, land the job, mm-hmm. land the boyfriend, land the eventual husband, the white picket fence. It's like, I didn't want it like half of that stuff. It's like, I would have, yeah. you know, if I had the opportunity, I would have just got my diploma, traveled the world, got my golden retriever, like been single for a good long while until I met the love of my life. And because I do think your 20s are these pivotal years of where you're really learning who you are, who you want to become, like everything that's within your soul and your heart. And that can often get stampede on by societal standards and Mm -hmm. also by the relationships that you get into both friendship and romantic. And I Mm want to pivot to speaking about friendships. Uh, One of your podcast episodes speaks to quality over quantity. And so what have you learned in your life thus far when it comes to friendships or romantic relationships? Yeah, I think it's easy, especially when you're younger. I mean, I think people even older can struggle with it, but just I relate to my younger self thinking, why don't I have a big group of friends? Why is it hard for me to, you know, get a big group of girlfriends on a Saturday night and hang out or a birthday party? And it was always like I would compare numbers and groups to who was actually close to me when in reality that I thrive way better in a smaller group of close, intimate friends than I do in like a big crowd of, you know, your 20 friends. And I think everyone is different in that sense, obviously. But for me, I've learned the value of friendship doesn't come in numbers. It comes with people that you can have deep life talks with at two in the morning when you're like having a sleepover or someone that you can just call up, no questions asked, you have a problem, they can help you. And then people that you can relate to that the things that you're going through are relatable to them or they've also experienced it or can give you advice on it. And to me, that speaks way more to a quality friendship than a quantity because when you have this big group, it's just harder to build those more close, intimate relationships platonically because it's just hard to divvy out yourself to a bigger group of people. In my own friendships... We focused a lot on on just having fun, keeping things light. I never necessarily went deep with my relationships. And I think what halted me a bit 
and going deep is because there was so much going on both externally and internally. And I thought, well, if my friends in quotation really knew what was going on with me, or maybe I would become a burden if I overshared, I just, I kept so much inside because Mm -hmm. I just, I, I wanted to be a part of the group accepted. I, I wanted to almost have that Pinterest like of where you see the group of, you know, girls and, yep. and the whole thing. So I think what you said is so important. We're focusing on those relationships where those conversations, they do go deep. Maybe you're even up at 2 a.m. speaking and you you really are connecting. And those are the relationships that are so worth it. Even if it's just one person, even if it's two people, yeah. I would have totally, if I had known what I know now, I would have focused in more on those relationships rather than just having fillers, essentially. Yeah. I, oh, I would have saved myself so much heartbreak as a, you know, high school, early high school aged girl, because I was like, why can I not fit in with these group of girls? Like, why can't I find my click? Why can I find this? Because I think we're expected to, as especially like a young woman, like we're supposed to find like these big groups of people to fit in with and like have your squad and have your this, but it's like your squad can be like one person. Like you, and it's whatever works for you because like think of our girl, Miss Lizzie McGuire, she had two best friends. Like, and that was like, she was content. She was good. Like a lot of our favorite movies, like these main characters, like just have a couple of close friends and they absolutely thrive. And if you're somebody that you feel you have 20 close best friends, that's also totally fine. But if you feel that you struggle with being your authentic, genuine self with all 20 of those people, I think it's better to kind of come back to reality and think, who can I really share my close, real self with and not feel ashamed or embarrassed or not feel like I'm a burden to these people? And for me, again, that's just a little handful of people. And then, you know, the internet on the other half, the rest of the world. For anybody else. <laughs> like... I'll also share my entire life story with anyone that wants to listen online. So there's that. (laughs) You have spoken about becoming the main character. And I love everything about main character energy, becoming the main character. There's multiple playlists on Spotify (laughs) to listen to to becoming the main character. What does that look like for you? And what can you share with our listeners? And what does that entail? First of all, I love the idea that has recently become of main character energy. I've mentioned it in my podcast. Like, I don't know if this was a, if it was a buzz phrase exactly for forever, but I love it now. I think it's a great way to live. I think main character is truly just putting yourself in whatever movie or situation and think this is like my timeline. This is my story. This is my POV. Like I can live this life how I want. I don't have to revolve every story, every situation around somebody else or what my mom would approve of, my friend would approve of, this random person at the store would approve of. Like if I want to go to the store dressed super cute in a cute outfit, listening to my little music or my podcast, I can do that. If I want to like order in pizza on a Saturday night and just hang out by myself, watch TV like I can. And I think being the main character is just finding a way to authentically be yourself and not ask questions and do what works best for you and realizing that that's what main character means. It's not what someone else would approve of or what someone else would think is cool or acceptable. It's just like, you almost have the little blinders on your eye and you're like, what makes me happy? What makes me feel my most confident self? What makes me feel 
excited about life because if you're constantly trying to figure out like what's cool what's trendy what's acceptable what's not weird what will not make me be judged by others you're gonna live in this really small box of like discomfort because you're trying to please so many other people versus just learning and figuring out what makes you actually happy and that takes some time to figure out what you like because when I was going through that, you started thinking, what if it's weird? Or like, what if someone judges me? And it's like, no, focus. What is making me happy? Like, that's what do I like instead of thinking about everybody else? It's a very hard um, habit to break, I would say. Yes, but in which the way you described it, having the blinders on, that has probably been the most helpful and supportive in, in doing those actions because seeking that acceptance I don't even know where the origin came from for that, of where we as human beings always need it. I mean, I'm sure in in psychology, they'll tell you environment, how you grew up, you know, all of that bit and breaking that, which is so tough. But then once you do, because I I swear not to put an age on it, because I think that you can learn this at 15, 20, 50, whenever, the sooner the better. But when I turned 30, it was like this like, light bulb switch went off and I was just like, I do not care. I'm like, I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. And just really being with myself, which it took a very long time. I've been in and out of relationships and I'm a, I kind of call myself like a, a long-term dater where, you know, I've been in relationships for two years, five years, seven years, and really haven't been single since I was 18. And now that I am, and now that I'm just sitting with myself and my own thoughts and my decisions and everything, it feels so good. And it just feels like to be able to know that whatever I want and the decisions that I want and how I'm accepting myself, there's just a phenomenon that happens. And I just feel like it's it's so freeing and it just makes you feel like the main character. I think you, I think you get to a point in life. And I think, like you said, it happens at any age where you realize this is your life. This is not your dad's life. This is not your best friend's life. It's not anybody else's, but yours. You're having to really focus in and spend those times alone and spend moments by yourself to think like, what do I actually like? What is going to make me happiest in this life? And I also attribute a lot of my wisdom, I guess, from working in healthcare. And I work with a lot of patients who are older. And, you know, sometimes you'll work with a little 90 year old lady that comes to the hospital and I'll just be like, do you have any life advice? Like you are so much older than me. You've lived a lot longer. And so many of them just say like, don't focus on other people because they're not living your life. They're not going home and thinking about you. That was the other thing is (laughs) my other like quote I live by, I could just go on a tangent, but you're not that special to anybody else. And it doesn't mean that in a mean way. It's not saying like you're not unique, you're not individualistic and amazing because everyone is in their own way. But you're not that special in a sense of like the person you pass at the grocery store who gave you a weird look. They're not going home and like writing that in a journal and being like, this girl in the grocery store line, she was so weird. She had the ugliest shirt. They don't care. They do not. They're not thinking about you that much. And that's where like you're not that special comes from because it's like, who's thinking about you a day from now or even like, 20 minutes from now no one so it's like who cares you're gonna pass a stranger and that's it that's like the literal extent of it no one is thinking about you past like that moment and that was like a light bulb for me I was like oh my gosh 
That's actually true. Oh gosh, you work in the um, health field. I actually have, I have so many family members who work in the health field from nurses to doctors and the whole bit. And I mean, the work there is so phenomenal, but I love that you take advantage of that wisdom from older people and asking that question because it is so true. And it's always hilarious to me because it's the, it can be the simplest of concept. Like even in what you just said, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. It's, it's so simple, but yet we (laughs) completely like complicated. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think it's human nature to just feel there is probably some hierarchy of like, you want to feel like you have to please everybody else mm-hmm. or especially like growing up you felt that you had to like get good grades and do certain things to be praised by other people and have that acceptance and that's how like friendships and relationships come which is still relatively true but for the most part it's like if you're not going to start living your life for what interests you and things that you know g- dedicating your time to things that are worth it for you like don't go to events just because like you feel that you have to socialize you're like if that's not bringing you actual joy it's like who cares like do the things that make you happy because they actually do versus what you think will just please a bunch of other people but the human nature behind it is like oh my god I have to please this person I have to and then if you're a people pleaser on top of that then it's just like chaotic energy which guilty so yes (laughs) guilty too (laughs) but in in your journey to your wisdom and, and with your mental health and everything like that, what has been one of the monumental moments where you made the pivot, right? Because I think that everybody in their own journey, they get to a point where they're like, okay, like enough is enough. I, I have to either make a change. I need to work on my mental health. I need to change my perspective. So in your life, where did you see that pivot happen? That's a great question. One moment for me specifically that stands out, and I also talk about it um, on the podcast, but I took a solo beach trip after the pandemic and working in a hospital during that time and just needing that time to like mostly use my PTO and just take a breath. But it was like a weird phenomenon of like, I need to go to the beach. I just need to like go do something by myself. And if you know me, I'm a huge hater of the beach. I am fair skinned. I burn (laughs) easily. I like anxiety wearing bathing suits, the sand, but something was like, no, go to the beach. And I'm like, but I hate the beach. Like what's happening. So I booked like a week trip to an Airbnb and I went by myself and it was just, again, a moment of like, I'm not in a town. I know I don't know anybody here. I can do whatever I want. I can get the groceries that I want, go to dinner when I want, walk the beach when I want. It was a total week of like, this is me. These are all choices by me. I don't have to ask anybody else, like their approval for stuff or where we want to go. And just spending that week alone was like so much time to just like reflect and express gratitude and journal and read and just be peaceful. And then it was like going on the beach and taking cute photos of myself in a little outfit. And I'm like, no, everyone else on the beach is like doing their own thing and no one cares. And it was such a like, and same thing sitting on the beach, people watching. I'm like, you know, somewhat self-conscious in a bathing suit. And I'm like looking, I'm like people on the beach in their bathing suits and their bodies are like enjoying the time. They're with their families. No one is like making a big fuss over anybody else. And I think that was really helpful for me. And then just having that moment at at the beach to ex- reflect on that alone time was like, this is, this is the life I want to live now of like, it has to be for me. It has to make me happy. It has to not, it has not to please anybody else. Another thing I would have to really give some props to, which is more recent, which I talk about as well, but 
for me, what has helped was going on medication, like being on an antidepressant to really help minimize the noise in my mind of like, you're not good enough. People are staring at you. They're judging you. They, you know, my mind is just full of, of noise. And personally for me, most recently being medicated for that has helped the noise just be a lot less. My mind doesn't like race at night when my head hits the pillow. I'm not like constantly overthinking everything. And I think those two things kind of together has has given me a new a new way of looking at life. And I'm more appreciative of the things that I do. And I'm less anxious around people and in groups. And like, I feel like I can take a better stand on my own decision making and not think twice. Those are two of the biggest moments, I would say, for That's sure. So powerful and and beautiful. I mean, I think there's so much that happens when you are with yourself. And I think you realigning with yourself, also deciding, okay, like these are the steps that I'm comfortable in taking with myself and what I need, whether that's medication, therapy, just time, whatever, whatever it is. And then being transparent about that and sharing that and sharing your story. I'm sure people listening to this or for those that are going to watch it back, there are so many people that can resonate with that, that probably would have never even said they were either in therapy, medication, working on themselves. And again, I've said, I've shared this before, but it's so powerful sharing your story and your journey because it plants those seeds to give other people confidence to then also share. And then it becomes this norm of transparency, this norm of sharing our emotions and what we're going through. Because I often, I do think that women are often labeled as over-emotional and we it's like, no, like we have emotions and emotions are, are, are healthy and, and everything that we go through from our mental health to our bodies, to society, it's all, this is all like really hard stuff. And for a human being to be able to handle all the things that we handle individually in both a society every single day, uh, we need support. <laughs> yeah. And it gets so loud too. Everything yeah. is just so loud and you have to figure out like, what's the best way I can navigate through life without it being so overwhelming. Like, and some people don't don't thrive with alone time. Like some people get more anxious being alone. But I think dedicating some time, I so much of my content online is like, how to enjoy alone time? How did this? How did that? And I think naturally I've always been a fairly independent person, but it's like truly finding those moments because I'm sort of a, I don't know, I'm such a realist. And I think like I always think at the end of this life, like you live and you die alone. Like you are the only person at night that like you lay down with and you're with yourself. You can be in a relationship long-term. You can have the closest friends, family, relationships, whatever. But like at the end of it, you are the only one responsible for your life. Like it's all you. So it's like, you have to just create the life that you want to live while you're here because it's going to be pointless to get to the end of your life and think, I can't believe I never did this. And I missed on this opportunity because I was anxious, scared. I was worried about others. And it's like, you have to nip that in the bud now. Cause we all know life happens really fast. And it's like, you know, you get to your mid twenties and you're like, Oh my gosh, wait, I am still 16. What's happening? Like, so I think knowing that trying to figure it out sooner rather than later. And I think taking life advice from others and doing what I do on the internet, it's like, we have to like, everyone like gets shaken up like this. Just you're like, no, it's okay to like, make mistakes and do what you're happy with. And you don't have to appeal to the masses. And 
it's a, just such a such an important life lesson and we're all just trying to learn it and it's hard and it's not perfect and even though I preach it I still struggle like it's never like a perfect place you just have to work slowly toward it and when you can see the progress I think that's what's beautiful like I am a completely different person now than I was at like 25 or even 20 but to see the progress is great and then to just like you just kind of feel weight being lifted off your shoulder each time and then you're like making decisions and you're like wait that wasn't so scary I'm actually doing a good job and and it just feels good where were you when I was in my 20s (laughs) (laughs) literally I feel the same (laughs) it is all a journey though and it's that's so exciting and that you're sharing your your process. You have another podcast episode title, You're an Adult, Now What? And I wanted to take a spin off of that. There are so many of us that are at the beginning of our journey, middle, maybe even, I don't think there's really ever an end, but we're getting through the ebbs and flows and the valleys and everything like that. And so as we're doing that, as we're working through our mental health and really embracing who we are. Now what? I would love to ask you, what does that look like as you are in the depths of it, right? Like you're now in the depths of these lessons and this wisdom and you're feeling good. And as life continues, what is your advice for those to either to help to continue on that path Or where do you see, I guess, two-part question, but also where do you see your life now going as you continue to build these building blocks? I think taking the life lessons as they come and kind of storing them in your back pocket too, because they don't always apply in the moment. And I think when you hear those cliches in in life and you're kind of like, that's stupid, but then later something happens and you're like, oh, it makes sense now. And I learned this lesson. I heard about this. And I think a lot of those can be used down the line, especially when you're in the depth of it. And you're like, I don't know what this means now. And it feels like torture that I'm learning this life lesson. But then it's like, it may not happen to you when you're 20 years old. But when you're 25, you're like, I get it now. You know, you think when you're 20, you're this independent, like, I'm finishing college. I'm doing great. I'm on my own. And then when you're 25 in your apartment, filing your own taxes on the verge of crying you're like now what do I do and I think it's just you learn you just learn as you go and you're gonna learn the lesson sometimes easy and sometimes hard and you just have to store them I think in your back pocket because you are gonna use them later on and then I try to like live in the moment day to day I've been asked by employers and people like where do you see yourself in five years I'm like alive and well like it's it's hard because you really just don't know and i again i'm such a hardcore realist i work in a trauma hospital so i see people that come in with these insane freak accidents all the time and not to be like cryptic and morbid but people that like they were driving to work and then like their car car flipped four times and now they have like a severe brain injury so i'm like you don't ever know like if anything's going to happen and again not to be like morbid and horrible but like we don't always anticipate the bad things to happen which you know we don't ever want, but I just live so day to day. And I'm just like, I just take it day to day. I just try to make the most out of every day. I'm constantly texting and calling people and telling them I love them and just making the most of it. So it feels as fulfilling as possible. And then I do things like my little vision boards and I just hope for the future. And I just have more of a, 
I hope this happens for me. I manifest that things happen for me. And I just am grateful if they happen. And if they don't, I think it's great to move it down the timeline and hope that it happens eventually. And I can just continue to work for that. And as far as like what I'm doing on the internet, I would love to continue this. I absolutely love putting my life out there and sharing the content that I do. And if being a full-time content creator came my way, I would take it. I still love working in the hospital though. So, but just where I'm at now, like I'm happy. Like I don't, I'm not one of those people that's like in five years, I want to flip my career and do something totally different. And I'm like, I love where I'm at. And if it just continues to grow, then that's amazing. But if like another opportunity comes, like it's not that I would turn it down. We just have to see what happens. Do you think the origin of of your realism, right? And and seeing everything that you see and, and what you deal with day to day, do you think that's played a big part in you having a realistic outlook on life and you having to embrace contentness? I definitely would say working in healthcare has given me a lot of insight into life, but I think truly I've been this way for a long time. I think even when I was much, much younger, a lot of adults would be like, you're so mature for your age or you're so like different. And I was always hanging out with my friend's parents or like sitting down and like talking to people that were older than me. I just feel like I could relate to those that were older, but I definitely think healthcare has played a big role in being grateful for like everything in life and just trying not to take things for granted as often as possible. And then even being grateful for the health and wellness of like your friends and your family and taking things for granted is such a cliche. But like I mentioned earlier, the cliches are sometimes the realist. And like, I do work in a trauma hospital. So we see the traumas, but you also see people that are just there for your typical medical like issue as well. But the more freak accident, like younger person that was just going for a walk in a car, like drove on the sidewalk or something. You're like, you have, no one knows when these kinds of things are going to happen. So it's like, you do have to try to reflect on being grateful. And then unfortunately seeing people in really bad situations, it's horrible to think this, but it's almost like you're very grateful for your own health and your, your own things in life that are going well on the sad end of seeing someone struggle, but you like can take that opportunity, I think, to reflect on life and be grateful for what you have. And then think, how can I continue this and try to live the best life that I can? Because you just, none of us know, we just don't know. And I think trying to make the most of everything is super important. I think that you're doing that extraordinary and also just magically and in what you've created and and the community that you created. And it's really exciting to see. I I feel like the, you know, the internet, it can be like, you know, not the best place, but I do think that in people like you and just really, I also just, my, um, I brag on my community all the time, but I, I feel like even with my, um, who pops up on my feet every day through Instagram and even TikTok, there's so many people that are doing such impactful things and having really impactful conversations. And I think this is just all so important because I do think that we are in need of so much healing, whether that's self-healing, mental healing, generational healing. So I, I, there's so much to take away from this conversation, but I, I just applaud you and showing up and then also in just sharing, sharing your heart and your experiences, because I just think that it's, uh, it's so needed. I think if more people did it, less people would feel alone and anxious yes. and that they're not good enough or worthy enough or 
fill in the blank because again, we just, comparison is a thief of joy and social media unfortunately has transitioned into this community of just like bragging and making it seem like everyone has their life together when that's just so not true or just not showing the sides of life when it's hard and when it's difficult because no one wants to see that. I think that's like another thing why you don't see a lot of movies about the mundane things in life. Movies are always about excitement and adventure and falling in love because no one ever wants to watch a movie about someone just like going to work, doing the lame mundane things and then having day-to-day go by. There's no movie like that that has no thick plot. It's like because we want to see the exciting things. And I think people forget that the other half of life is the boring stuff. And that's where main character comes from. It's like, you got to make your trips to the grocery store fun. You need to go in the grocery store once a week till you die, basically. <laughs> You're going to make dinner every <laughs> night. You have to make it fun because otherwise, then what? You know? Yes. No, it's so true. Funny enough, at the grocery store, I don't, I don't know if you do this, but if I hear a song on the grocery store radio that's playing and I love that song. Oh, I'm dancing in the aisle. Like I don't even care. I will make a full dance party out of it and it's so great and it's so much fun. But yeah, it there's so much joy to be had and I think the moments in which joy comes, those are the moments that you really do want to grasp onto because as you said, you just never know what's going to happen and there is so much that happens in life and so joy should be your your joy should be protected at all costs. Yeah. And I think a lot of people look at life as these big mon- uh, monumental moments, like the next big step when I buy a house, when I do this, when I'm this, but it's like, we have to find the happiness and joy in the small things because life is made up of more small things compiled into one than it is all these big things and these big moments and these big events. It's like, if you don't find, that's why it's like, you feel like crap all the time because you're like, I'm not doing anything fun. I'm, I'm doing nothing fun, like week to week. I am going to work, coming home, making dinner, going to bed. It's like, well, yeah, boring. Like it's boring for a lot of people. So it's like, how do we make this fun? How do we enjoy this time? Because a lot of life is the mundane stuff. We don't get these big fat opportunities all the time and these big, amazing, fun events and vacations and things for us normal people anyways, not not the celebrities we see online, but you know, for just yeah. us regular people, we have to make the most of like the small moments because those are the most special and mm-hmm. they're the most frequent. So it's like, you got to make something out of them. Another pedal lesson that I've learned in being in my 30, my 30 era <laughs> is that I think I used to hold a lot of regrets in whether it was my twenties, my teenage years, the whole bit of just like, how do I say this? When I've learned a lesson or when I've gone through something, gained some sort of wisdom, but then I repeated the behavior and I felt like, oh, I've taken several steps back or I thought that I got through this, but now this emotion is coming up. Or I thought I learned this lesson, but now I feel like I'm learning it all over again. And Something someone said to me one time, have to ask yourself, like, how many times are you going to learn this lesson in a certain aspect where, uh, because for me, there was so much toxicity that I would still allow or or boundaries I wouldn't put up and, and allowances in my life where it wasn't matching what I wanted for myself or what I, what I needed. And so now being in the position that I am now, part of myself is trying to grasp at gaining that where it felt like a lost power. It felt like I hadn't protected myself for certain things. And so as you go through this journey, which is a, it's an on a forever ongoing journey, there has to be allowance to have 
grace and forgiveness for yourself because that's something that I like I did not have in my 20s I did not have for my Mm -hmm. teenage years and I think with that like there is no limit on the amount of times you can learn a life lesson either and I know that sucks to hear but it's like you don't just because you learn the lesson once doesn't mean you can't make the mistake again Mm -hmm. I think you know especially if you're thinking about something like you're trying to bake the perfect cake or recipe like you're gonna have the trial and error you're gonna like almost get it right but then not get it right or like tweak the recipe like I think that's what life is it's just you're just learning these lessons over time and it's like sometimes you got to learn something three times before it really sticks or until you figure out what works best for you. And some lessons you just learn quicker than others. And you're like, okay, won't be doing that again. But I think that's the beauty of life is learning those lessons multiple times. And I think too, learning them at different ages, because how you responded to something when you were 16 is not the same as when you're 26. You're like, this is complete. I'm in a completely different part of my life. Mm -hmm. It's going to look different. It's going to be different. And that is the ebb and flow of life. And you age and you, you change and you, your perspective change, your everything changes and you just have to roll with the punches because most people are going to grow with that versus just having the same mentality like their whole life. Before we wrap up this episode, I quickly wanted to touch on manifesting just a little bit because I I love manifesting. We spoke about it. We've spoke about visualization as well. You never know where your name is being spoken because you are, sometimes you're not even in the rooms and you have no idea like where these opportunities are going to come from. And I think in terms of my manifesting and I, I used to do vision boards all the time. And now I'm trying to practice more of like visualization and like the feeling that I get if, if I were to get this opportunity, everything. And I, I love doing this and it just, to me, like opens so much of potential opportunity and just all the things that we want to do. And so I would love just for you to touch on your manifestation process and everything like you said, no one, you never know how people are going to speak to you. So it's, or speak of you. So it's like always worth it to put your best foot forward and like be kind to like everyone you interact with. Like, even if it's like a spam caller, I always am like, no, thank you. And I like hang up. I try not to be like F you and like hang up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like no matter what, leaving that good impression. And I think like, I am a huge believer in like what you put into the universe. It's going to give it back to you. Like whether or not you call that karma or like whatever. But I think like people that, are genuine and authentic and they're kind to others and it's real i think that's like what the universe gives you back i think when you can do small good deeds for people when they feel from the heart versus like oh i'm just doing this because like i should it's like no i feel like i'd feel drawn to like help this person or i feel that this is like this is what i should do i think that's like how the universe like repays you for these things. And I think too, I love vision boards. You can see mine back here, but, yes. and I'm about to make my 2023 20, one soon for a video, but I love waking up and like looking at this and just thinking, even if everything that is on there doesn't play out to like be a goal or a resolution, I'm like, what can I envision my life to be? Or what things would I love to see for myself? Like you said, you kind of picture yourself in that. I pictured myself becoming an area ambassador. I'm like, I already do all of the things that like, I think the brand represents and that's my real self. It's not like, how can I become an area ambassador and make it look good for them? I'm like, do my values align with their values? And if the answer is yes, then I think it can work out. And the rest is like written in the stars because you can only control so much of your reality and your future and the rest is like really up to whatever you believe in fate god the universe circumstance chance whatever like 
you can put yourself in the best situation and the rest, you just have to like say a wish on a star and just hope for the best. And I think that's what it is. And then understanding if you get let down or you don't get the opportunity doesn't mean it's the end. It can mean you can try again or move to the next thing. Cause a lot of people don't know that I actually applied to be an area ambassador the year prior and didn't get it. So it's like, I didn't fully just give up on it. I was like, maybe I just need to like post more online or maybe I can, you know, improve myself in this way. Like how can I make myself more of what I want to be to stand out? And then a year later I was able to get it. So it's like, you don't have to just give up on your manifestation goals or your dreams just because you don't get it the first round. It could have just been right thing, wrong time. Maybe just you need some time in between and not letting that hit too, too deep you know, like don't get too upset if something doesn't happen the first time around. It's interesting, like working in healthcare, all of the nurses I work with, a lot of them, for anyone listening, the nursing world, they take the NCLEX, like that really incredibly hard exam. And so many of the best nurses I know, like failed it like three or four times until they actually pass, like, you know, or taking the bar exam as a lawyer, like some of the best people out there, like fail so many times before they get the opportunity to come to them. And I think that's just a sign from, again, the universe or God or whoever, like it's meant to be at this time, not yet, but like at this time. So you're going to pass that test or get the thing that you want. Maybe not when you want it, but when it's actually right for you in that time. And that's, I have to leave it up to to the universe at that point. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Kayla. You are <laughs> a beautiful soul. And I know we always say like, this episode was like the best, but this episode was also the best. And I oh, just I love you. It. You're so sweet. I, you have great energy as well. And I feel like we're just kind of like soul sisters. So like, yeah. I see you online. I'm just like, she's so sweet. And like, just bringing joy to so many people. Like, and I think that's Thank like you. what this world needs. And you're doing a great job at that. Thank you. I wish I could hug you. And no, we really are. Like, <laughs> We will have a real life slumber party one of these days for sure. <laughs> yes, whenever the Bloom girls are getting together, just hit yes. me up. Like, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you all so much for listening as well to the Bloom Pod and, and Kayla just for blooming with us today. And uh, Kayla, where can everyone find you? So if you want to check me out on YouTube, you can search Kayla Nelson. I also have an Instagram that is at sincerely.kayla. And my podcast is Girl on the Internet. I try to upload every Monday, but sometimes we have technical difficulties, but we'll be there. (laughs) Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. I love it. Binge it. Listen to it. Follow her. She's amazing. And thank you all so much again. And we will see you next time. And that wraps up another episode of The Bloom Pod. Thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation. Seriously, every single one always becomes our newest favorite. At Helen Blue Media, it is our number one mission to make sure that all women feel seen, heard, and included. If you aren't already, we would love for you to go give Hello Blue Media a follow on Instagram. You can find us at Hello Blue Media or at www.hellobluemedia.com. Until next time, everyone. Bloom, Bloom on! on.